0: Hey, TLS fans, this is Neo Nix. You're about to listen to our first ever Truth, Lie, Shenanigans after show. After every live show, we leave the record button on and sometimes we have some amazing, crazy, or funny post-show conversations. So we're finally sharing that with you. In this after show, author Tracy Mitchell stuck around after telling us about her new book, Stirring the Pot, a collection of inspiring stories about women, that impacted her life, but in the main show, the Texas abortion issue was a hot topic that ended up dominating the after-show. Take a listen. Hey Tracy, with James, what's up, Tracy? Hey, hey, Tracy. hey, Tracy. Do we? We
1: hey Tracy. to hang out hey, with us.
0: Thank you. Uh, Would you say, Libby? I
1: said, Hey Tracy. Tracy should have played oh, the, game <laughs> the-, the game with us. The-
0: we should have, in the future, I'm going to have you. I'm know, just thinking
2: about putting my head above my like, foot above my head. Just <laughs>
0: just
1: for I'm surprised I can still do that. I was gonna say, that would
0: that would be, I was impressed, too. I was like, a... that was amazing.
1: Very easy, very quickly, too.
2: <laughs> no,
3: yeah, been afraid
0: your, you like...
2: put like your knee behind, above your head. You that know was... what I mean? It was like way <laughs> up there. <laughs>
3: Trust me, I can jump up and down, but I do need a sports bra when I do that. I do. <laughs> yeah. So just oh, give you me a heads to have up. The right yeah, just give me a heads up, Neo. Just give me a heads up. Exactly. I,
0: I don't know what it's going to come up with. I don't, I don't decide what the count It's random. If I
4: wasn't wearing the right underwear doing squats with the other question.
3: All right. yeah, so
0: I, I think know. I,
1: I, think I true got true. you on that
0: one, Rob. I mean, I think I got you. <laughs> Girl, <here>. You win. <laughs> I, I, could, I could do it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So, so, Tracy, since you're still here, did anybody have any more questions for Tracy that we, we didn't get to? I did
4: have a question for you just based on the last story that we did. What... Mm-hmm advice would you have for the women of texas who might feel like they've had that power stripped away from them
2: yeah you know it's so funny i'm not one for following the rules ever you know what i mean and and i don't believe i think historically women have really struggled um in that in that with abortions you know once the laws are i'm from louisiana so i'm used to the stupid laws right um, and Texas yeah. is our next door neighbor. But I think historically women have gone through the back doors. You know what I mean? They've died from infection. They I think that yeah. um mm-hmm. I think you have to fight the fight on this one. You know what I mean? Yeah. That you cannot mm-hmm. allow the government, especially in this case, tell you what to do. I agree with Liz with your body. I mean, um, like Neil said, I, I'm I i would not get an abortion. That's just me. But I don't think that I should tell anybody else what they should do with their body. I don't think that's right. Yeah. So I think as women. We have so much power as women, and we just don't use it most of the time, right? And I um, think that we rely on other people to speak for us. You know, like Liz was saying, like, these are white Southern men making these decisions. And don't even get me started on that one. But I think we as women, if we ban... I might get you
0: started on my next question.
2: I think in Texas, those women can really make a difference. And I think that's what they have to do. And I think it's it's not easy, but it can be done.
0: Yeah, I really like what the uh, in America
4: that need to step up and support their sisters because I think of um, what was happening more recently in Poland and the abortion bans that took place in there and there was a general strike the women in Poland shut the country down they said we're not doing shit and right. I really think that it, this isn't just a Texas thing because like you said Louisiana, backwards laws your neighbor, they're,
0: well they're dropping
4: the laws like crazy Meanwhile, you have Mexico turning around and saying, hey, free, not free, but safe and legal abortions are
0: available here. We got this. We got this. What? This, this topic has really been bothering me, like, for the past couple of weeks. I mean, we've talked about it on the show before today. But even like I say, I'm very anti-abortion. I'm not, a, I'm not for abortions. I don't think abortions is the way to go. I mean, Robbie, you <laughs> gave your list of, like, alternatives. And the things that we should be focusing on, that's what I'd like to see more of instead of just mm-hmm. us talking about boom, abortion, abortion, abortion is it's just a political ploy just just to get people to rally around you, but no, that's not really solving the problem. I mean, the problem is I think I think most of us agree that we don't want children unnecessarily or embryos or unnecessarily. Destroy
1: yeah, early termination. Yeah, no. We,
0: we, we want, want people to be educated. We want people to make decisions. We want people to prevent. You know, those. I, and I think those are many of the things that Shut evangelicals oh. want, but they're focused on only abortion, and it's.
3: But I think before we get to that point, I think what most of us want, or. We don't want to happen is going back to pre Roe v. Wade, mm. where people were, where women were, mm. you know, um, mutilating themselves mm. yeah. in order yeah. to terminate pregnancies. And that's what's not discussed. Like, just because you have a law does not mean that abortions are not gonna take place. They were taking place before Roe v. Wade, and they will take place regardless of whatever law is implemented in this country. Yep. And I always say, um, you know, there is, Oh my God. Now I'm drawing a blank. There is a HBO uh, movie slash. I don't want to say it's a documentary, but it was, it was a movie that talks about abortion. Um, it starred Ellen and her then partner, no Ellen and Sharon stone. It starred to me more. And it just went through several years of abortion in this country pre roe v wade during roe v wade and after roe v wade and it talked about what women went through in their situation mm. with their bodies and i remember the demi moore character she had her abortion on someone's um dining room table Oh wow. in, in, in the movie in the movie not in real life in the movie say, okay. Right. No, yeah, in, in the movie. In the movie. And it, it was very telling and very striking because it's just like, you know, if a woman feels like this is not for her for whatever reason, the law, nothing about the law is going to stop this. So why don't we make it give everyone a safe haven? to do I mean, this. So I, people aren't bleeding I, out. So I, people aren't getting, you know, hangers and wires, you know, uh, shoved through their wounds. Like it just, yeah. it, 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 it boggles the brain why we don't want to make this a safe legal procedure in this country.
0: And I'm sure Mexico's uh, decision is not uh, lost on the fact oh, that Mexico Texas was
3: like, <laughs> uh, Mexico was like, what, what?
0: Down, we got man. this. We
3: got this. We got this. And nothing like okay. So Texas, you think you know you're going to make you know abortions illegal in Texas? You think that folks aren't going to drive to Arkansas, yeah. Texarkana? They're not going to drive to Oklahoma. Arcana. They're not going to cross the border to Mexico. Like, come on, right. right? Come on,
1: Liz. You mentioned um when we were talking on the show earlier about like preventative ways to uh, to avoid pregnancy what what you mentioned like abstinence is not the answer but do you feel like abstinence should be the answer for young women and men at a certain age like would you say a 12 year old young woman but abs, well one like, i think
0: she's saying abstinence doesn't really work as a as a solution I,
1: I think
3: abstinence shouldn't be the agenda right and that's yes. what sarah palin was running on like This is my political agenda. We're teaching abstinence in school. She didn't believe in teaching sex education or educating young people about, you know, condoms and birth control and prevent other preventative measures from getting pregnant. Hence, her daughter, again, having two children out of wedlock. Okay. Mm. So, and, and, you know, the the first, the first, um, baby father, they never got married. they were engaged, but then they broke up, and then he went on to have children out of wedlock with other young ladies. The guy that she married they had the baby before they got married, and then they got married, and then they divorced like it's it's we have to start addressing <clears throat> what the reality is yeah. in society, yeah. and the reality that's, for everyone like, good. I was just gonna say the reality for everyone isn't abstinence.
2: Like, yeah, it is for some people, but that's not the only option.
0: I agree with right. you not being an agenda. What were you saying, Tracy?
2: No, quick question. I, I'm just wondering, yeah, it's sort of piggybacking on that. Do you when you guys were little, did your parents talk to you, have that sex ed talk with you? That's
0: a like, great was question. There a
2: conversation? That's a good
0: question. I didn't
4: well it was fun. So yeah. I had a very awkward conversation with my mom when I was about seven or eight where it was just like i'm too young to hear about this i don't want to hear about it and my dad didn't talk to me about anything so and i went I, to catholic a, schools so i learned that well sex you don't do it oh you right. don't, do it.
0: No. don't do it yeah, yeah my, i my, I still would, do. I thought, don't my do mother it. took me to a uh, a doctor one of our our my pediatrician and had the pediatrician have the got the sex talk with me uh, not the sex talk but the You know, what to expect with my body growing up and adolescence and stuff like that. I don't know that I really ever had the sex talk. Uh, I don't know that I recall the the sex conversation about what to do. I mean, I learned a lot of it from reading my father's dirty magazine.
3: (laughs) (laughs) You knew. (laughs) We didn't have have the sex talk in our house. Um, You know, my mom, it would have been a very hypocritical conversation you know, my, my parents, I grew up in a two parent household. Um, uh, my parents were married up until my dad passed away in high school, but you know, my mom had four kids, all of us have different fathers. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so she couldn't really have that talk with us, but also too, she didn't trust. like a lot of parents particularly. And I had to say this, a lot of black mothers don't trust their daughters and so Mm -hmm. the conversation that she had with both myself and my sister wasn't necessarily about education it was you know gun to the head you better not you better not like I in eighth grade I fainted in class um, and my mom thought I was pregnant I was not having sex until I was 22 years old but when I was in eighth grade my mom thought that I was pregnant because I fainted in class. When we went to the doctor, she was, you know, upset, screaming. And the doctor said to me when he went to examine me, he was like, well, do you want your mom in the room? Like, it could be just the two of us. And I immediately was like, no, 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 she could be in the room. Like, I have nothing to hide. Because I knew <laughs> if I said she can't be in the room, then I would have caught it at home. So, no, we mm-hmm. we never. But I did have sex education classes in junior high school and in high school. Yeah, but I even with that, you know, our mom's from the South. She wanted to supersede everything that the sex education instructor taught us. So it, it was different in our, <laughs> house. It, it was different. Like she, she was not believing anything that anyone on the outside said. We had to listen to her. What about um, you? And Tracy? so both my sister and I, we, we never like, my brothers were different though. That's the thing. My brothers were different. They
1: were treated like my brothers, different.
3: Yeah, one of my brothers, his girlfriend had an abortion when she, when he was like twenty-two. Um, it was a big uh-huh. deal. But imagine if that had been either myself or my sister, like we would have been just ostracized, probably forced into
0: yeah. exile. <laughs> what was? You, what about you, Tracy? What did you? I mean, you know, I grew up in.
2: I went to Catholic school from kindergarten until. 12th grade. Um, I got the same, I think the same lesson as rock. You know, you just don't have sex. Abortion is like the devil and sinful and horrible. And you don't have have to be damned to hell. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's, and then my parents didn't, you know, one of the things that I think looking back, my parents protected us. We never, never slept at anyone's house. I never, if my mom couldn't babysit us, She just didn't go. You know what I mean? Like I never had strangers in around me. We had older cousins. My dad has 12 brothers and sisters. So we have a lot of uncles who were just, you know, five or 10 years older than me. They couldn't be in the house with me by themselves. See what I mean? Like my sister and I. So there were rules put in place. So and we didn't know. We just figured, well, why is everybody else sleeping over? Why Mm -hmm. can't we sleep over? Mm -hmm. But it was more of that. I can't protect you if I'm not with you. I don't want to have this conversation with you. Shelter and trying shelter.
0: to protect you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So do you think that was valuable to you, the sheltering? I mean, because in some ways I think it was for me. I mean, I was I was equally sheltered in that sense. Right. Um, but to I thought it was valuable in that it protected me, where for example, my older brother, um, who was found to have been molested when he was younger, or um, I know there was a lot of that that happened in my family. Uh, molestation and incest and, and stuff going on um, that I've heard about, you know, as, as I've gotten older. Um, so do you feel that that was a good thing for you to be protected in that way or not?
2: It, it was a good thing for me. And I think it was a good thing because I knew there were boundaries. I think that's what it did for me. Right. So I can tell you that um, I had a cousin and um he would come over and cut our grass all the time, so he was like in and out of the house. And my mom, there was one time when my mom, you know, we got older, mm-hmm. and my mom was like, "Well, you know, he's coming over, he's going to cut the grass." And and I never forget. I, I had one of those. Um, I think every girl had it. Those white post beds that had the gold trim around it, you know. And I was in my bed. And I'm talking to my friend Rhonda on the phone. It was like one of those things that searing your mind. And he came in the room. He jumped on top of me, and he like starts kissing me. And I remember mm-hmm. thinking this is not right. You're not supposed to be here. And for me, I like kicked him off and I started screaming and he's like, what are you doing? I was like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, we don't talk to this day because of that.
1: But yeah. what it
2: did for me was it let me know that there are certain things that are just not okay. You know what I mean? Like no yeah. one's supposed to be in the house when mom's not here. Why mm-hmm. are you in the house? Mm-hmm. Definitely not supposed to be in my bedroom because no one was allowed in the bedroom. So, yeah, it it actually, I think it made me stronger um, and it gave me a voice. And I don't know if everyone would feel that way, but that's what it did. Um, and see, I think that- for me, it was a little bit different
3: because mm-hmm. I still had a lot of liberties and freedoms as a child. Right. Um, I didn't have those type of like I I was the slumber party queen. Like I, I had a lot of slumber parties at my house. I went to a lot of slumber parties. And it it was for us. It just wasn't really a thing. But I think the pressure on the women in the family to protect ourselves, to guard ourselves, to make sure we didn't get into that type of trouble. I think that Mm -hmm. was what um, permeated throughout my childhood. Like it was always my responsibility versus again, my brother's like, You know, my brothers were wild boys, you know, I had one brother who was gay, so he was trying to figure himself out, bless his heart. And then my other brother who had the girlfriend, (laughs) who had the abortion, I mean, they were not um, punished as much as we were, my sister and I, as young ladies. And so I think that affected me in terms of my feminism and my defiance in terms of rules for women as I got older, it's just like, why is there a difference? And you know, my mom is no longer with us, but I think if we were to have a conversation and I would just say to her, you know, as much as you thought I was a hoe when I was a teenager and I I, I wasn't, like, I was not, I was so prim and proper when it came to guarding myself and guarding my body. I think she would have been taken aback by that. Um, But it it just there's a lot of pressure on young girls, especially in the black community, to not be fast, to not show out, to not act out around young males. And it's just like, but what about them? Like, why do I have to be, you know, under all of these stifling constrictions, whereas these guys can run free? Um, So that that was just my experience. But I totally understand what you're saying, Tracy. Like I had friends. Who couldn't come over to my house mm-hmm. for summer parties because I had two brothers and a dad, and they were like, "No, mm-hmm.
0: no, 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 no." Um,
1: well,
3: Tracy, and I, and before, I, I kind of got it. I kind of got
1: it.
0: Right before we get off, I because we have like about five minutes left. But before we get off. I wanted to ask you about your your book again, and one one other question that I had about your book. So, what made you decide to do the stories about women? Where, I mean, where did that decision come from? I mean, because it was. I mean, I, I like. I mean, I haven't read the entire book, but I read um, um, first couple of chapters. I love your writing style, by the way, because it's uh, very ah, engaging, yeah. very engaging. So, like, uh, it's very easy read. It's sometimes I get, I read authors and I get, I'm like, okay, this is boring, and I'm just. But <laughs> 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 so you have a, it's a very easy read, and I, I appreciate that. So, yeah. well, what made you kind of decide what? that stories about Story. how these women were were important?
2: Um, I think, and you guys, the two women here can sort of back me up on this. I think as women, same thing Liz was just saying, you know, we we can't be too aggressive. We can't be too loud. You know, mm-hmm. know your place. And those were the messages that we've always heard, right? For me, I don't know if you can pick this up already. I don't, it, right. So, you know, I'd be in church and the minister would say, Tracy, why aren't you as a little kid, why aren't you up in the choir? You belong in the choir. And I said, your daughter's not in the choir, so why do I have to be in the choir? You should be in the house first. Then my mom would go running over. She's like, oh, my God, she didn't mean it. I said, no, 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 I meant every word of it. You know what I mean? So we have always been conditioned since we were little, bitty things, just not voice uh-huh. our opinions, not be, too uh-huh. good, not be heard, sit in the back, don't say too much, you know, that sort of thing. And we, we as women, we listen to what everyone tells uh-huh. us, how we should look, what we should do, where we should go. And so for me, as I meet these women and I'm like, oh my God. So as a TV person, as a news anchor, I met tons of people who thought that I was like the greatest thing ever, right? That mm-hmm. I was like, I'm on TV, I'm wonderful, I'm this celebrity. And I'm just kind of like, um, I make mistakes. I'm just like everybody else, everybody
0: but else. Mm-hmm.
2: I don't listen to what people tell me. One thing I've told my kids since they were little, bit me, don't let somebody else tell you who you are, know who you are. Mm-hmm. So, as women, we do that all the time. We let, you know, perfect example, and I'll be quick because I know we don't. No, don't, no, time. no, take your time. One of the women I talked about, she is one of the top doctors at UPenn, um, and she's phenomenal. Like, I went to high school with her, she's always done amazing things, and she was one of those people who you look at you like, oh my God, she's going to be incredible when she grows up. And I interviewed her for the book, and I've known her forever. And she paused during the interview and she said, I'm going to tell you something that not many people know. I said, well, what is that? And she goes, all through undergrad, all through medical school, all through graduate school. She went through this graduate program after medical school. She goes, I was married to someone who beat the hell out of me every single morning. And she said, it wasn't until he put a gun to my hand and played Russian roulette, and I sat there praying, saying, God, if you can get me out of this. I will change my life. I will help women change my life. And when you meet her, you would, and I, I sat there stunned because I'm like, you, you, you let that happen. And I said, I, I'm no. not blaming you, but how, like, how mm-hmm. did that happen? Mm-hmm. And she said, mm-hmm. I had no self-esteem. i had been listening to so many people telling me who I should be and what I should do. So I wanted to write it for women, to let women know Honestly, there's something bigger out here, and I truly believe that we each have a gift and we each have a first pers- purpose for being on this earth. And I think as women, we're so busy taking care of everyone else that we forget that we have our own lives.
0: You know, there's one thing that you said that I, I hadn't really considered, and it's like, and it's a sense that as growing up, you know, we, you know, as children, it starts that soon. You know, sit, you know, know your place. These things, and you're not even realizing, I, you know. I, shoot, I might have done some of them, you know, you know, my sister and stuff. I, I don't know, because I don't know. I just, I haven't really thought about it, but you're right. I mean, women have been told to be in their place, a certain place. I mean, and if you look at like, what we're looking at in Afghanistan and, you know, the old school, old school ways of doing things, it's always about subjugating women. And, you know, I love like the movements that are happening now and, and where we're going with, you know, women's rights and, and, and trying to really make it clear that um, because I, I, in many ways, um, women brought history and I'm not talking about like, you know, recent American history, but throughout history, women have been subjugated far more than black. Women have been. Um, of of course, that was
2: one of the reasons why I made the mm-hmm. book. So uh, the the hardback is going to be more chapters and, and thicker okay. but I wanted young girls to read it too. Right, I didn't mm-hmm. want to
0: write a book that was 500 pages. I can't read this. You know what I mean? It really—it's a quick read. It, it is. anybody yeah. can read it. Smooth read. It's a smooth read. Thank you. Smooth Thank read. I mean, you. really, the way it reads, I feel like—I I, mean—I could probably finish it in a day. I just haven't had the time to take the day to do it. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I, it's, a, it's a great read. I—I—I I, I, I like that decision and the fact that you're doing it because of that.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm personally um, grateful for that and inspired by that, Tracy, because I think that me and along with um, women in my generation, we do struggle with self-esteem. And from our mothers, it was seeing um, our. well, I, don't, I can't speak for all for all, everybody, but seeing my mom as a single mother and and taking on that strength and that self-esteem, but still being feminine and still being not necessarily in your place, but recognizing that women don't have just like this one specific place that we can be, you know, multi-talented. We can do mul- multiple things. Um, yeah. So thank, I'm truly, I, I really can't wait to read your book. Thank you for even being on the show. That was really inspiring. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Well, I'm glad you guys had me
2: on the show. This has sure. been a blast. I told yeah. everyone they had to watch because it was going to
1: be top.